Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 14 of Revelation chapter 21. And we're looking in verse 6. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And what God means here when he says it is done is that all scripture, all prophecy has been fulfilled. Everything that he has spoken from the very beginning all the way through the Bible has been fulfilled. It is finished. All of the statements um, concerning the end of the world, concerning the salvation of all the elect and the equipping them with a new spiritual body, the statements of God, the promises of God concerning a new heaven and a new earth given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to all the saints, to all the spiritual seed, it is performed. It has been accomplished. It is now done. And then the Lord goes on to say, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is Alpha and he is Omega. And this is not the first time that we've seen uh, this statement or that Christ has said this of himself when we first began the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 1, it was found two times. Once in Revelation 1 verse 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. And also in verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and, and that goes on to list the seven churches. So twice in the opening chapter of the book of Revelation, the Lord Jesus Christ declares, He is Alpha and He is Omega, and He is also the beginning and the ending. He is the first and the last. And of course, all three of those statements are synonymous. To be the beginning is the same thing as being the first, or alpha. To be the ending is the same as being the last, or omega. And alpha and omega are the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet. So Christ is the first letter, alpha, and he's the last letter, omega. And it's an interesting way God is using two 
describe himself, and these are more additional names God is applying to himself. He, he is, he says, Alpha, and he is Omega. And uh, Alpha and Omega is found four times in the whole Bible and all four times in the book of Revelation, twice, as we just read in Revelation 1, chapter 1, and then once in our verse in Revelation 21, 6, and the fourth and final time in Revelation 22, it says, beginning in verse 12, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. God is very consistent in joining Alpha and Omega together with beginning and end and first and last. And and that helps us, of course, to understand that that's exactly what it means, that Christ is the beginning. He, He is, according to the Bible, the firstborn from the dead, but he's the beginning, as it says in John 1 and... Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then verse 14 goes on to say, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So Christ is the Word made flesh, and he is also the Word that was in the beginning, and the Word that was God. And it, it is he himself who created the world in the beginning, according to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, remember that? It says in Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Well, the Bible says Christ, the Son, created the heavens and the earth, because he's God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And uh, we should not be confused at all by the fact that um, Christ has his name called the beginning and the end when we know of God he has no beginning and he has no end God is eternal he's from everlasting past and he'll continue into everlasting future and this is um, why when we read of Melchizedek in Hebrews chapter 7, we're reading about God. We're reading about Jesus himself in Hebrews 7, verse 3, speaking of this mysterious character that appeared on the pages of the Old Testament in the book of Genesis, Melchizedek. Well, it says in verse 3, without father, without mother, without descent. Because God had no father, God had no mother, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Melchizedek is a theophany. He, He was an appearance of God, an appearance of Christ into history before he was born of the Virgin Mary and entered into the world in a body that was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin. 
This was an appearance. Of course, he had a body. He he showed himself in a body as Melchizedek. But it it says of him, because he's God, he had no beginning of days nor end of life. Therefore, as we're reading that Christ is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, we we need to qualify that statement with the understanding that God has no beginning. But in the beginning of this world, Christ created the world. He is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, and so forth. He's the beginning in that sense. Now, when we um, go back to the Old Testament, here's what God tells us in Isaiah 48. In Isaiah chapter 48, starting in verse 3, it says, I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went forth out of my mouth. And I showed them, and I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. Because I knew that thou art obstinate, and thy neck is an iron sinew, and thy brow brass. I have even from the beginning declared it to thee. Before it came to pass, I showed it thee. Lest thou shouldest say, Mine idol hath done them, and my graven image, and my molten image hath commanded them. What we find is... Uh, here God is saying he declared things from the beginning. Now he's more specific in Isaiah 46 in verse 10. Actually, I'll begin in verse 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Notice there how God speaks of declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, things that are not yet done. And we read in our verse in Revelation 21, it is done. The ancient counsels of God, sometimes counsels, that would take us to the point of the foundation of the world. Councils, prophecies that God spoke and declared. And where did he declare them? There's only one place that where we can find declarations from God, and that's the Bible. The Bible is the book of declarations of the words that God has spoken. And it is there he has declared the end from the beginning. And and so we're not surprised at all that he said to Daniel, seal up the word until the time of the end, and then knowledge would increase. Because God has declared it in the Bible, hidden it until the proper time in history would arise, and it has, the, the time of the Great Tribulation has come and gone. We're living at the end of the world, at the very edge of the end of the world, in the day of judgment. And God has declared the end from the beginning. Now, Jesus is Alpha and he is Omega. And everyone would agree, people in the church recognize, yes, this is referring to Jesus. He is Alpha and Omega. He is also the beginning and the end. 
and again they would nod their heads in agreement. All the churches practically would recognize, yes, Jesus is the beginning and the end. And they would understand that in the beginning, he spoke and created the world. And in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Yes, Jesus was God in the beginning. Well, not uh, all the churches, but any any that were reasonably faithful in time past would recognize that. That he possessed full knowledge at the beginning. But then, when it comes to another name of Christ, that Jesus is the beginning and Jesus is the end, they say, well, yes, okay, that's a name that applies to Christ, but of course, Jesus doesn't know when the end will be. He, he doesn't possess that kind of information. And, and you can see how ridiculous an idea that is, that the one whose name is the end does not possess information concerning the timing of the end. That's not found in the Bible. That is a church idea that uh, they don't think through. They don't think that uh, Jesus is God in many cases and possesses all the information, all the knowledge of God. They don't think what Acts 15 says in verse 18. And there God declares, known unto God, This is what God knows. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. From that point of the world's beginning and continuing until the world would end, are all the works of God are known. And and that means he knows everything about everything. He knows everything about who he will save, when they will become saved, when his salvation plan would be completed, and when he would then bring his wrath and judge the world. Known unto God. But the the church makes just a a distinction uh, because they don't completely understand the concept that Christ is God in the flesh, that Christ is, the, the in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, They uh, are deceived by their own erroneous doctrine concerning Mark 13.32 of that day and hour, knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, nor the Son, neither the Son. And because they insist that has to do with lacking knowledge of judgment day, you can't know when it is. If you're a man, angel, or the Son, it locks them into a position in which they demean the person of the Almighty, of of the Almighty God of the Bible, because the Bible declares concerning the Almighty that times are not hidden from him. In Job 24, verse 1, Why, seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty, do they that know him not see his days. So God does not hide times from himself. He, he is God. And 
and the Father knows, and, and Christ is one with the Father, so of course he knows. He knows when the world will end. If he knows everything in eternity future, how can he not know that that one day, that last day of earth's history would be the end of the world? It, it, it really is uh, not thought through in many, many ways, which which helps the child of God to realize that when God speaks of no man knowing, nor angels, nor son, that it cannot be, or it's not a reference to intellectual knowledge, but rather it has to do with experiencing the judgment. Man, at the time Christ spoken, had not yet experienced the official final judgment of God, The angels, the fallen angels, were not yet cast down out of heaven and judged, which would happen at the cross. And the Lord Jesus, the Son of Man, had not yet gone to the cross to experience that judgment. Although he had already experienced the judgment of God as the Son of God, as he died and rose from the dead at at the point of the world's foundation. Well, let's just start looking at the rest of verse 6. Of Revelation chapter 21. The concluding part of uh, this verse says, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And here we have a statement that, that is, um, surprising. It's surprising because this, this language of giving to him that is a thirst of the water of life, the fountain of the water of life and giving it freely, it uh, makes us think of the gospel and it leads us to think of God saving people. But look at the context here in Revelation 21, verse 1. I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And then the bride comes down out of heaven and God makes the glorious declaration. He will be um, dwelling with his people. Verse 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Verse 5 says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. It is the end of the world, the world, the heaven, this present creation has passed away. It's at the point of the creation of a new heaven and new earth. It is the the um, bestowing of rich, abundant blessings upon the people of God. They're, they're comforted no end because there's no more tears, crying, death or pain. And God has made all things new, new bodies, resurrected bodies, new earth, new heaven. The former things are done away. And this is the point that God says, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. How does that fit and relate to the end of the world, to the end of the world. This this is the last day we're reading of here 
in Revelation 21. Oh, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Remember what what Jesus said in John chapter 7. In John 7, in verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Well, there it is again. Let him that thirsts come unto me. And and in our verse, um, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. It's a quenching of thirst. But John 7.37 is speaking of the last day, the great day of the feast, which is the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And isn't that a time when God is sending forth the gospel and still saving? Well, no, although this is the verse that uh, some people, critical of the idea of God ending his salvation program on May 21, 2011, critical because they say, oh no, here Jesus is beckoning, calling to any and all, come to him. It's still the time to seek the Lord for salvation, you see, what he says on the last day of the feast and, and they recognize that the language of the last day, remember that phrase found eight times in the Bible and six times it relates to the end of the world and two times it relates to the feast of tabernacles and, and this is one of those two times. So, yes, the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles relates to the last day of the world. And their point is that this means that God is continuing to send forth the gospel all the way to the end of time when he then will fulfill spiritually the Feast of Tabernacles and and um, in the world. But before he does... Here's a final gospel call. You, you see, you're wrong. God didn't stop saving people. And, and he's still calling people to become saved. Well, is that true? Is that true? It is interesting, isn't it? That in our verse in Revelation 21, verse 6, and, and the context there, it's the last day. It's it's the end of the world. It's exactly what we look for to occur at the end of the world. We look for this creation, this cursed creation to pass away. And we're looking for a new heaven and new earth to be formed, newly created. And for God to remove the sin-cursed bodies of his people and and thus removing sin and death. And when you remove sin and death, you remove crying and tears and pain. So all those things fit perfectly in Revelation 21 with the last day. What, what we expect will happen on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Of course, it so happens October 7th, 2015 is the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Well, when we get together in our next study, 
We're going to look a little bit closer at what it means to thirst. What does that mean? As God is here calling to those that thirst. Or as he said again in Revelation 21 in verse 6, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.